Welcome to the FCBC NYC podcast. We're so thankful that you decided to join us in this moment and in this season in your life. Our prayer is that this podcast will be a catalyst for conversion and transformation and that you will be inspired and renewed in such a tremendous way that your desire will be to be your best for God. Again, thank you for listening, and we're excited to see what is next in your life. We are an ever-evolving community of visionaries, dreamers, and doers who have been called by God. Called to live, commanded, to love and commission to serve. And you know how we do it here at FCBC. How do we say it, family? We live. Amen. Good. I, I, want, I want today, I always say this, but I, I try to honor it. I won't be long. I really do try to honor that. But you all be pushing me and encouraging me to keep going. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to try not to today. But in honor of Dream uh, CDC uh, Sunday and thinking about our dream center and hope center, I want today to turn to two passages of scripture. Mark 9. Hopefully we'll make some connections with these scriptures. Mark 9, maybe a familiar story, but I really want to zero in on one particular part of this story, even though I'll read it. And then I'll give you the second scripture. Mark 9, 14 through 23 in the New Revised Standard Version. Here's how it reads. When they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them and some scribes arguing with them. When the whole crowd saw him, they were immediately overcome with awe and they ran forward to greet him. He asked them, what are you arguing about with them? Someone from the crowd answered, teacher, I brought my son. I brought my, you my son. He has a spirit that makes him unable to speak. And whenever it seizes him, it dashes him to the ground. And he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. And I asked your disciples to cast it out, but they could not do so. He answered them, you faithless generation, how much longer must I be among you? How much longer must I put up with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. When the spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy. And he fell on the ground and rolled about foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the father, how long? Has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood, it has often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you are able to do anything, have pity on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you are able, all things can be done for the one who believes. Then I want to lift a verse, a passage from Psalm, I'm getting fancy now, I'm using my phone. <laughs> Psalm 71. And I want to lift just one verse, 14. It'll make sense. Psalmist says in verse 14 of Psalm 71, but I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. Come on, beloved, let's pray. God, we thank you on this day for those angel armies, oh God, that set encampments around us. 
It does not mean, oh God, we will not experience the inconsistencies of life, the challenges of life. But what it does remind us is that when those inconsistencies arise and those challenges come, we are not alone. You walk with us. You remind us who we are. At times, oh God, you put us in a path where we can be overwhelmed by goodness and mercy. We love you, Lord. Now, oh God, let your word do its own work and we'll be sure to honor you. But we will honor you by honoring one another, by loving one another, by sharing with one another, by assaulting and undermining selfishness. That's how we will show you we love you. For in that word, it says the world will know that we are disciples by the love we show for one another. And we are committed to that. Committed to that, oh God. This is our prayer. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Remain standing with me. Let me read that passage in Mark. Just one portion of that, actually. Um, of Mark 9. Beginning at verse, well, 22. These are the words of the father to Jesus, speaking of his son. It has often cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you are able to do anything, have pity on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you are able, all things can be done for the one who believes. And then Psalm 71, verse 14, and it says this, but I will hope continually and will praise you yet more and more. Amen. Amen. Come on, put your hands together. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise and take your seat. I simply want an honor of the spaces of our CDC to talk about the beauty of dreams and hope. The beauty of dreams and hope. That father whose son was overwhelmed by a spirit that convulsed him, caused him to foam at the mouth. Today, we would probably say the young boy had epilepsy having seizures but in that day the only way they could surmise those conditions was to say that there was some spirit maybe an evil spirit that would overwhelm the boy and cause him to have these convulsions when you read the words from this story if you are a parent you can imagine the depth of agony and pain that that father must have felt. To feel helpless in the presence of a sick child can be brutally agonizing. To feel as though there is nothing that can be done to help your baby is pain beyond measure. I cannot, again, imagine how he must have felt. Being a father, I 
can recall those moments when my children were sick. And no matter what you did, you had to let the sickness run its course. Especially when your children were small and infants, you did as a parent feel in some ways helpless. This father must have felt that way. But he was not completely lost. He had heard about what the carpenter from Galilee had been doing. He heard the stories of miraculous healings and transformation that took place by the carpenter. And so the record says that he brought his son to Jesus, but Jesus was not present. The disciples were there. And the disciples were unable to help the boy. Crushing must have been the way he felt. Jesus was not present. The disciples could not handle it. And his son remained helpless. Jesus and his inner circle, Peter, James, and John, were up on the mountain, and they were experiencing their own miraculous moment where they saw before their eyes Jesus validated as being numbered among the greats of Israel by God. When they were there on the mountain down in the valley region where the people surrounding the father and the boy and the disciples who were down there helpless, Jesus leaves the mountaintop and makes his way down to the valley. Because for every mountaintop experience, there are those groaning in the valley waiting for your arrival. Jesus makes his way down to the valley and there's a great commotion. I imagine there's arguing. I imagine there's some of the religious leaders that said who were sitting there arguing with the disciples because in that moment, they who had witnessed much were not able to accomplish anything. And there, Jesus comes to the scene, a broken father, a helpless child, and impotent disciples. He shows up in that moment and he asks, what is all the chaos about? And the real chaos that ensued was because the disciples were not able to tap in to the power that Jesus had shared. Jesus talks about this being a faithless generation and how long must he be? I mean, at other places, Jesus was always quick to tell people that if you need to see a miracle, you are faithless. Well, that's in the book. That if you need a miracle to base your faith on, then your faith is not really real. Because faith is about believing without seeing, trusting without knowing, leaning in when all you see is the abyss before you, and trusting that something powerful and profound will happen. I remember reading years ago, and I shared at TNT several years ago, that sometimes faith is like this, standing at the edge of the abyss and being willing to take a step forward, believing that either God will catch you or give you wings. But that is what faith is, trusting when you cannot see, believing when you're not sure. And so Jesus then comes closer to the crisis. And he sees the man and he sees the boy and the father begins to tell his agonizing story. Jesus says, how long has he been here? How long has he been like this? And the father begins to tell him. 
he shares the boy's story, the boy's pain. But I want to peek a little bit more at that father. Because when you feel as though your back is against the wall, I found in my own experience that at times is when you begin to trigger dreams. You see, being able to trigger access dream is not always about whether or not you are in conducive emotional, mental, physical spaces. Sometimes dreaming is about grabbing hold of ideas, even when there's no evidence accessible that says your grabbing hold is justified. Dreaming is something that is critical to our own survival, our future here in our identity statement. We are dreamers and visionaries and dream doomers, doers, but dreamers is essential. Dreamers see something that may not, again, be based on evidence and experience, but believe that it can come to pass. How do dreams come to pass? I'm glad you asked, because dreams come to pass by way of hope. When dreams are dreamt, hope makes the dream real. Because hope says, I believe that the dream can be possible. I don't know who I'm speaking to this morning, but maybe there's someone here today who you have given up on dreams. But to give up on dreams is also to let go of hope. Because hoping and dreaming, dreaming and hoping work together. Carl Sandburg says that nothing happens until first we dream. We dream it. We believe it is possible. And every day is a new day to hope, to dream, to dream, to hope, and then try again. Every day you dream, you hope, you hope, you dream. Dream to see it. Hope to believe it can come to pass. You got to hear that. Dreaming to see it. Hope to believe it. Because if dreams are unaccompanied with hope, they become illusions that taunt us. And illusions that simply undermine our greatest aspirations. That's why you can't have dreams without hope. You can't have a dream center without a hope center. You can't have a place to see possibility, but then also a place to experience healing on the way to the revolution of the dream coming to pass. Dream and hope must work together. That father came there because he had to have a dream in his spirit. His dream was that one day he thought my son will be well. That had to be the dream. Why else would he come down to Jesus? Desperation. Yes, but he was dreaming, dreaming how? He saw his son well. He saw his son better. And that dream of his son being whole and healed is what led him down there that day to see possibly if something can happen. He was dreaming and his dreams pushed him to get to a place where he could experience a healing not for himself, but for his son. Dreams will make you go places that you never thought you would. Dreams will make you activate resources that you did not know were available. Well, I know I have some dreamers in here today. 
There's some of us in here right now who've been living, hoping, waiting for a dream to come to pass. And it's a dream that you will not let go because you see it so vividly. You can feel it so intensely that you cannot let it go. And can I tell you this? You don't let go of dreams unless, well, no, you don't let go of dreams because here it is. No matter how old you are and no matter how long you've carried the dream, you have to believe that the dream can come to pass. Because here's the good news. Dreams don't operate on timetables. No matter who you are, how you are, how old you are, your dreams can still come to pass. And it's not about some timetable you've created. I got to do this by that. Tell me what's the expiration date on your dreams? When do your dreams expire? When does that great thing you've been longing for, searching for, wanting to become expire? Some dreams come alive early. Some dreams come alive at noon. And some dreams start to be manifest in the sunset of your life. And that may be the best time for some of us to even experience the manifestation of our dreams when we're mature enough to handle the dreams we dreamt as Young people, there's some things I dreamt about 30 years ago that are now coming to pass. And I wondered all those years, did the dream go? And there are moments when God has told me to let go of some dreams. And the dreams that God did not tell me to let go of, I have not let go of. I'm simply being patient and wait to see when the dream will be available and accessible to me. It doesn't mean I sit back and wait and watch. I work, I move, I do. But then I believe that somehow my movement, my action, my commitment, my belief combined with the dream that I have will make the dream come alive. But the dream will only come alive if you have hope, belief that it will. There's some of us who only dream when we're sleeping. And there's others who dream while we're awake. Because when you dream when you're awake, that means you begin to activate the dreams. No. But dreaming without hoping is futile. Again, hope is the belief. Why are you saying this? The father had a dream to see his son whole. But hope was a little lacking. Listen to his words. I brought him here. Wanting to see him better. And if you're able, if you're able to do something to help him, and I love Jesus' response, if, you're able, if, you can't. You can't share a dream and then follow it with if. That's where hope comes in. It is the belief. Jesus said anything is possible for the one who what? Believes. That's hope. He tells them there's no if in this. You believe it shall come to pass. The issue is not whether it will come to pass. The issue is, are you patient enough to handle the timing of the revelation and the manifestation? Because you know the old saying, if it's delayed, don't mean it's denied. And sometimes you have to be patient with the process 
to see when it happens. And the worst thing to happen is to let go of it because it didn't come when you wanted it to happen. I know I'm talking to somebody here today. Because when you let go of hope, the dreams die with them. Pelagius, who was a fourth century theologian, said, there is no worse death than the end of hope. The end of belief, the end of believing, the end of believing that things are possible. Langston Hughes put it this way. He said, hold fast to dreams, for if dreams die, life is a broken winged bird that cannot fly. When hope dies, it is the worst death. When dreams fade, you're grounded. Dreaming and hoping go hand in hand. That's why we celebrate this day today, because you can't have dreams without hopes. And hopes give life to dreams. What are the dreams that you've been holding on to that you've let lie dormant in your spirit because you did not believe and you followed your dream with if? How many times have you undermined your own possibilities because you didn't believe it could come to pass? You saw it, you thought it, you spoke it, and then you doubted it. You watched other people pass you by because they were pursuing their dreams and they had belief in their dreams and you began to be upset and that upset turned into envy and jealousy and you began to agonize the death of what you thought was your dream because you did not believe your dream could come to pass and instead of celebrating the accomplishments of other people around you, you began letting jealousy and envy determine the relationships that you have and so you're not really celebrating people who've done, who've seen their dreams come to pass, who believed in their dreams because you've been unable to access your dreams because you did not believe fully that it was possible. That's the key. Don't just tell me what your dreams are. Tell me how much you believe in them. How much do you believe they will be yours? Don't share the vision and share the dream, but then not believe in it. You have to be able to believe in what is possible for yourself. You have to trust that it can come to pass. What good is it to trust in God, but not trust yourself? What good is it to believe in something but not believe it can happen for you? Don't lament all your days and get to the point where you're content with simply dreaming. Can I share something with you? I sh thank you. I shared it Friday, and I'll share it again this way. We are all going to leave this place. But here's what I want. And I hope you get this. I want to die with memories, not dreams. I want you to hear that. I don't want to die with dreams. I want to die with memories. Because every dream came to pass. And every dream came alive. And I chased it. I pursued it. I did the work. And I believed that they would happen. Oh, I know I'm talking to somebody here today. 
who needed this word of encouragement because you've been holding on to a dream, but your faith, your belief has been slipping in the process because it's been taking a long time. Or maybe you thought you were unqualified. Maybe you thought you could not do it. Maybe you thought it was not within your grasp. Maybe you thought you weren't gifted enough, talented enough. You didn't have the right status. You didn't have the right pedigree. You didn't have the right connections. You didn't have the right relationships because if you fall victim to what social media will have you believe in, you'll think that the only way you can accomplish things is by working certain networks. Oh, no, no, no. I know the power of relationships, but I also know the power of God intervening. There are things that God could do that no one else could do. There are places that God could give me and grant me that no one could do. I don't care how many people you know, how many people you got on your side, how many people are trusting and believing in you. There are doors that only God can open, there are paths that only God can make, and you must trust in that and then believe in yourself. What good is it to ask God to open a door, but you're afraid to walk through it? What good is it to ask for God to make a way, but you don't want to move? That's why you don't just dream dreams. You live with hope. That's why the psalmist said, I hope continually. And I praise ever more and more. I hope continually. In other words, my belief never fades. My trust never goes. I keep on leaning into my faith and my belief until the thing comes to pass. The Message Bible puts it this way. Instead of saying hope, the Message Bible says, I reach for God constantly. Oh my goodness. Can you imagine? I reach for God constantly. Every day I get up reaching. I go to work reaching. I come home reaching. Everything in my spirit is always reaching out to God because reaching out to God is simultaneously reaching into the best of who I am. Oh, so you didn't catch that part. You can't sit around here talking about you made in the likeness and image of God and you fearfully and wonderfully made, but you don't believe that you are able to be part of the power of God that whirls and wrestles and wounds and even moves within you? No. That's why some of our prayers didn't get answered. Ah, uh, so you think I'm going back on the theology, no. You know why they didn't get answered? Not because God didn't do it. Because you didn't recognize it was already done. Watch. I said it a thousand times. God, I'm praying for strength and you get no answer. God, I'm praying for peace and you get no answer. And then you wonder if God decided no, no. I had imagined in my mind, God is looking at you, looking at me, looking at, I say, hold on, wait a minute. You praying for strength? I made you strong. You praying for peace? You are that. If you dream, believe. If you dream, hope. Don't let your dreams die on the vine. Because you did not believe. Don't let your dreams languish on the shores of insecurity. Because you did not believe. Jesus said anything is possible for the one who believes. So let's change the order. If your dreams are going to make it, your belief has to push it. Your hope 
has to be the escort of your dreams. To see your dreams come to pass. Don't walk around with your head down because you thought time was up. Mm -mm. You're just getting started. Don't walk around looking constantly at other people because if you sit all day scrolling, 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 you'll think, well, what am I doing with my life? Not realizing that you're getting glimpses of snapshots. You ain't got the whole story. Can you imagine going into depression off a glimpse of somebody else's life? Without seeing the fullness of your life? No. See yourself in the future. I love the song. Why? You are royalty. You are an heir. You are amazing. You're so amazing and so unique that you don't have to compare yourself to anybody else. Your dream is your dream. But you have to hope it, believe it, and it shall come to pass. I said it already. Don't die with dreams. Die with memories of what you've done, not what you didn't do. Pursue it. Chase it. Go get it. Make it happen. And then you can look back over the list of dreams fulfilled. And then they will ask you, how do you feel? Say, I feel great. Because you've accomplished? Well, yes, but because I'm still dreaming. I'm still hoping. I'm still believing. Come on, beloved, stand on your feet today. I want them to sing a little bit of that song so somebody can hear that today. Somebody needs to be reminded of how sacredly significant you are. Yeah. In the future. You are what? Oh, yes. Here it is, beloved. We created these two spaces. The Dream Center, because... Primarily, too many of our young people have stopped dreaming. And you know what has happened in our community? For many of our young people, dreaming has been replaced with surviving. Hope has dissipated. I spoke with one of our members of the day, texting, who's a surgeon. At Harlem Hospital, I know Ebony, the former CEO, can testify. She said the amount of young people who come to the hospital almost every day, stab wounds, gun wounds. 15, 16, 18, 19, who do not see themselves in the future at all. 
when our young people stop dreaming, we fail them. When they stop hoping, we fail them. You can't celebrate personal accomplishments when there are people who are walking with dead dreams. That is the role we play. We must empower and enable others to dream as well. We must restore hope. Not just in a better future, but in a better now. That's our responsibility. We cannot be here as a bastion of hope and the hopeless walk by us every day. We can't claim to be God's people and be dispassionate about the evaporation of dreams in our community. We must lift as we climb. We must pick up as we're being picked up. That is our responsibility. That is what we are called to do. So we dream and we hope. We hope and we dream. We see it and then we believe it and then watch it come to pass. We put our hands to the plow and don't look back. We work and work. As we pray, I want you to keep someone in mind right now, someone that you know, some young person you may know in particular who may be struggling. It could be your son. It could be grandchild. It could be your daughter, neighbors, children, whoever. I want you to keep them in mind right now. Because all across this nation, our communities are filled with children who stop dreaming. Every day you hear about senseless acts of violence. And nobody wants to talk about it. We want to act like it's not real. I saw a video the other day of some young men robbing a mother pushing a stroller. It's easy to say, oh man, they're, they're lost cause. No. Maybe, maybe they just stopped dreaming. Or maybe nobody told them their dreams can come to pass anymore. That's what we have to do. That is our responsibility. Because guess what? The quote unquote good ones ain't just our children. The ones who are out there struggling, those are babies too. We cannot forget that. I want to see all of our children start dreaming of a better future and start hoping for a better way. We can do that. We have that responsibility. I don't come to this place for performative purposes. We come here for direction to do the work in our communities. So I want you to keep that young person in mind as we pray. Say their name if you want. Just say their name in the atmosphere. Let the universe hear you speaking on their behalf today. God, we thank you 
Thank you first, O oh God, for allowing us to be part of spaces that ignite dreams, fuel dreams, spaces that promote healing and wholeness. Thank you, O oh God, for the vision, the dream center, and the hope center. Thank you, God, for the people who've poured into those spaces to help other people realize those dreams. But, oh God, we have responsibility right now. Not just for the young people we know, but for the ones we don't even know. Not for the ones we know are doing well, but for the ones that people have given up on. God, we lift them before you in this community right now. We lift them before you, oh God. We don't know their names, but we feel their pain, oh God. That pain is all through our community, oh God. Countless young people who don't believe that they even have a future, don't believe they'll live to 21, who don't believe, oh God, that they can be anything other than what they're doing and living the life that they've been influenced to live. I know that feeling, God. There's a whole lot of us in here were just like that. Somebody believed and somebody prayed and somebody showed us another way and somebody spent time and somebody took time and somebody didn't step across the street. They stood right there and helped us find our way. Remind us, oh God, that we're still a village, oh God. Remind us, oh God, that we still have responsibility for one another. And no matter how good we may be doing, no matter how well we may be, if our young people are hurting, if our young people are suffering, if our young people are dying, if our young people are committing suicide, we have work to do. We have work to do. The harvest is plentiful, oh God. Send the laborers, oh Lord. Send those who can step outside of themselves and give time and pour into another person. That is our responsibility. That is what we're called to do. God, thank you. We love you, Lord. We honor you, God. And it's in your name we pray. We say amen. 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 Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. Thank you for listening to the FCBC NYC podcast. We hope that what you heard was informative and inspiring and in some way created a space for you to have a creative encounter with God. You can follow us on social media and on the internet at fcbcnyc.org. Please follow and also contribute. If you've been blessed by what you heard, support us financially that we may continue to offer these podcasts. Thank you again, and we look forward to you tuning back in in the future.